0: Ooh, what's going on, everyone? You're listening to Daft Picks, Episode 1, Season 3. On um, This week, we've got some more NFL news as the first week wraps up. Some A, a couple of interesting baseball things have popped up, and of course, a little bit of hockey. But starting back in the NFL, what was your uh, takeaway
1: from Week 1? What was your biggest takeaway? There were a few, but one that kind of stands out to me was... Okay, well there's actually multiple to stand out to me, but probably the biggest ones probably the Titans and the Browns. Really? A lot of people were expecting the Titans to be I don't want to say bottom feeders, but they weren't expecting them to be really anything good. And the Cleveland Browns were the off season darlings. I they, guess you can yeah, definitely say that. They were the new rendition of the Philly Dream team.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far, but they definitely had some high hopes coming into the season for sure.
1: Yeah. And then Tennessee whipped them. It was ugly. Which is
0: surprising because a team with Marcus Mariota as the quarterback doesn't usually do a whole lot of winning, minus the Oregon Ducks.
1: Marcus Mariota. right. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, you can have your I mean, take on him. I mean, look, I, me personally, I, I will still take Mariota over Winston any day.
0: I would take 500 NFL quarterbacks over Jameis Winston right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's another big takeaway is that A lot of people were expecting Bruce Arians would be able to make some magic come out of Jameis Winston like he did with Carson Palmer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the first game, but Jameis Winston looks like the same exact quarterback he was when he was first getting drafted. I mean, I have not really seen development from him. He makes amazing throws, yeah, but he also makes really dumb ones too.
0: He's not exactly the accurate passer I think he was built to be. I know he was always sort of a... Running gun maverick kind of quarterback, but that doesn't excuse the fact that you can't hit a target with ten yards out. Like that's just not good enough, even for the Buccaneer standards.
1: And it's like they have so many weapons around him: Godwin, Evans.
0: Yeah, Mike Evans is
1: Howard. Hello. Yeah, that team's I'll take bad. I'll take those receiving weapons on any team.
0: I think my takeaway from Week One was how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers are without Antonio Brown. I looked at the game last night for all of about 20 minutes, and it, they just looked lifeless. Like, there was no pop to the game.
1: I don't know if it's so much the Steelers being talent deficient because really, aside from <laughs> losing Brown, they're still the same team. They already replaced Bell with Connor, and they were more or less okay, question mark. But I also think it sort of ties into just how good New England is.
0: Well, and again, like you can't really hold a game like that against the defense per se. Like I think all things considered how often they were out there, the defense held their own. But I look at what they're doing offensively. James Conner had nothing going. He I think he had like 38 yards or something like that. He was he, he the only thing he salvaged was the passing game. Roethlisberger was awful. I mean, his, I know his stats weren't terrible on paper, but he just was not accurate. And I I really think that losing um Was it uh, Rowan Foster up front or whoever it was? The one of our guards in replacing him, but Matt Filer was not the
1: way to go. Oh, that could, that could be a big reason why. I mean, offensive lines really fly under the radar. But you—it's always the teams that have really good offensive lines that end up being successful and being successful for long periods of time.
0: Yeah, I don't remember if it was Foster or who it was. I think actually Foster stole the team, but it—it it was one of our linemen. And
1: uh, it wasn't the Castro, was it? It was not the Castro. Okay, the Castro. Marcus was Gilbert. Really that's good. who
0: it was. It was Marcus Gilbert. Oh, and that's okay. another good guy we lost and under the radar, a very good pass protector, and uh, you see why that's locking.
1: Yeah, if you have an <laughs> offensive line that can't run block it's going to be really hard for your running back to find running lanes to run through. They're just going to have to bounce it outside all the time. And if you're going up against a team like New England that has really good coverage linebackers, you're not really going to get anything going on the run game. So then they'll just sell it out against the pass, and then Matt Roethlisberger will do what he does when that happens and just throw picks a lot.
0: Very true. And, I mean, there's not much to be expected of him after that as well. I mean, the blame is entirely on him. Juju Spitschuster was not effective this week, plain and simple. The only good receiver was James Washington, which that can't happen. I think Isn't
1: James Washington supposed to be that burner kind of receiver that just a takes deep the top threat. off the defense? Yeah, I mean, he's just really supposed to
0: press them more than anything. But and he did his job, but when you don't have your
1: star catching, when you don't have your star running, you can't do anything else. So... Well, it's like the only legitimate receiving threat that the Patriots had to worry about was Juju Smith-Schuster. And they shut him down. Yeah, they probably had him in like triple coverage or something, which allowed James Washington to get open on the outside because he would just have one-on-one with him. And I forget who the tight end is. Vance McDonald. Okay, I like Vance McDonald, but I don't think he's there yet.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I think he's still a work in progress. I think they're trying to develop into, into that Heath Miller sort of block uh, receiver, but it's going to be tough. It's not an easy role to play. Another interesting thing this week was, um, man, Adam Vinatieri was abysmal
1: this week. He he ranked negative four fantasy points in our league. I still think Vinatieri has it. <laughs> I, I mean, I do I, too. I, I think this is his last year, though. I mean, I I, I can't see him playing another season. I mean, he was kind of losing it a little bit last year, too. Yeah,
0: he missed his first, like, what was it, from 50 in, sometime last year?
1: Yeah, and it was like... I believe he missed a bunch in the playoffs, too. I mean, yeah. I don't know about a bunch, but I know he missed at least one in the playoffs that was a big one.
0: He's getting up there. He's 47, right? 48? So he's, so he's close to 50.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, he's 46, and this December he'll be 47.
0: Yeah, so when you when you approach that age, I mean, regardless of what position you play— Eventually, Father Time will catch up to you. Like you don't run as quickly, you don't see as well, your mind doesn't work as fast. So maybe hey, the same man comes for all of us one day, and it might be here for Adam Vinatieri. We'll see, though. It's week one. I think it's unfair to overreact, especially given his longevity thus far.
1: Yeah, the thing is, with a lot of kickers, is that normally the kicking is mental. You won't have that problem with Vinatieri. His problem now is physical. So is that worse? Well, I think about, like if he's not like, able to actually make like, is he like not able to actually make the kicks anymore? Well, okay. So take
0: this as well. Think about a guy like Dan Carpenter, uh, who is also one of the better, well, was one of the better kickers, bounced around for a while after he started to struggle. But I think you can sort of, there's a whole thing where the placeholders and stuff like that for field goals, they play a lot bigger part than people think. So I don't know if there was a quarterback flux that they sort of changed the placeholder. That could be. There's a lot of things it could be.
1: Yeah, I remember a couple of years back. I forget who they were playing, but it was the Cowboys and Tony Romo was the holder and he booped it. Really, yeah. Really bad. I forget what that game was.
0: I remember what you were talking about they, because they don't train starting. What, what are the starting quarterbacks? get
1: like one rep a year. Yeah, normally it's like the backup or the third string that does it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for example, I remember Charlie Batch usually didn't. Like, placeholder, They actually gave it to Tommy Maddox when he was there, going back to, like, 06. But, no, you're right. It, it, it could be an extenuating circumstance.
1: What was the most exciting game this week for you? Chargers and Colts. Yeah? That, that game surprised me a lot. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked amazing out there. Yeah. And, granted, he does have a lot of weapons around him, but he genuinely looked really good. He was making a lot of passes, and he really kept the Colts in the game, despite Terry's misses. I mean, if didn't that missile vehicles—they will have won against a Charger squad that's a very good team.
0: Fair enough. I think the Panthers and Rams was a good game as well. Both quarterbacks were extremely sloppy, but aside from that, it was pretty well fought.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really much of a Jared Goff fan. He's—he's he's a guy who I think
0: is more of a beneficiary of his environment rather than his own innate skill but that's not to say he's a bad quarterback.
1: I feel like eventually he'll develop into a really elite quarterback like kind of like how Tom Brady was when he first started. Now hold hold, on I'm not saying Jared Goff's gonna be Tom Brady but I do think he will eventually be able to become a quarterback that could carry a team on his own but right now I definitely think he's a product of the environment around him.
0: Did you catch that Packers game that the
1: absolute snooze fest was like 10 to 3? Oh, that wasn't a snooze fest. Come on. I love seeing games like that where the defenses, just, the, last Super Bowl too. the defenses just take over. I mean, it's just in the modern NFL, there are so many rules in place that just blatantly favor the offense because the NFL wants to see these high-scoring games. When you're able to see a defensive slugfest like that, I'm, I'm just going to sit and enjoy it. I mean, the Packers' it, defense doesn't look good. So, it, it, it's, it's just something so methodical. Watching not one but two really good defenses just – going at it at the offense because I think it makes it a little bit of a more tense game because it will come down to whichever team gets the good drive is the team that's going to win
0: I don't necessarily disagree I think when you have a team or two teams in, in, in this manner that are really good defensively you can get these kind of games where even the best quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers are going to struggle I, I wouldn't say he actually struggled per se but he was definitely not his best one thing I did want to ask you about, I don't think they play this season, the Packers and Jaguars, but who has the better mustache right now? Aaron Rodgers or Gardner Minshew?
1: Aaron Rodgers. He's had it before. It's kind of a little bit iconic, but I definitely keep eye out on Gardner Minshew's mustache. Yeah, I like, I think. Speaking of which, Gardner Minshew had a good game. He did. And I was kind of surprised by that because in the preseason, he didn't really look that good.
0: Well, he's a six-round pick. I mean, how good can he look?
1: I mean, if I recall correctly, hold on, I'm going to check right now. Oh, okay. This is the kid that went to Washington State.
0: Yeah, he was, I remember he was the one who, like, uh, there's just a famous gif of him where he, like, rubs his mustache and then dumps Gator on his coach. Like, it's something like that. It's just, I don't know why I remember that. It's just, that's how I know him.
1: But yeah, he was a uh, darling for a lot of the media during the uh, NCAA football season. And it's pretty cool to see him succeeding in his first start in the NFL. I mean, granted, it's the Kansas City Chiefs defense. But, I mean, still, a six-round pick. (laughs) There might be something there. I mean, Tom Brady was, what, like a seventh-rounder? He was a sixth. Sixth, yeah. So listen. Again, we're not trying to say that Gardner Minshew is going to be Tom Brady. Maybe you're not. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs)
0: Not yet. Do you have any – what do you think – We'll do this. Uh, The week one, way too early predictions. Going based off of week one, who do you think is going to win it all? Patriots. Yeah, I honestly got to agree.
1: It's. I mean, you can't really pick anyone else unless if you just don't like the Patriots, which I completely understand. I'm a Dolphins fan. I hate the Patriots. But they completely dismantled a decent Steelers team. Granted, the Steelers, lost Antonio Brown, it's still the Steelers. They have that name brand recognition, and they've never really been a team... That's been bad. Yeah, they're always just sort of either mediocre or good, you know? And the Patriots' inches beat them. They they spanked them. Yeah, it was rough. It was bad. Like, I was not expecting that, especially after the Steelers beat them last year for, like, the first time in forever. The
0: streak at Foxborough continues. Yeah. um, Sort of piggybacking off of that, I don't think we can... Get off the NFL this week without talking about the white elephant in the room, which is Antonio Brown. Uh, question: Was this was this pre-planned? Like, do you think this is his
1: plan all along? Is he that smart to plan this to happen? I mean, you don't become a professional athlete making millions of dollars by being an idiot. I, I think it's just really funny because but, when he was on the Steelers,
0: he requested a trade. They refused to turn into the Patriots. Now he's on the Patriots.
1: Yeah, he didn't really want to play for Oakland. I can almost guarantee that. And quite frankly, I don't really blame him. John Groom Sam- is trying to run a, uh, an offensive football scheme from 1794. <laughs> so, like, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I don't really blame him.
0: I really do think at this point in time, the Oakland Raiders might be the worst-run franchise in the four major sports in North America, quite honestly. How do you justify trading Khalil Mack and Antonio Brown in back-to-back seasons? I don't care what happened behind the scenes. You can't. Now your star is
1: Derek Carr. John Gruden, man. I mean, hey, I remember where year in and year out during the— head coaching hires, everyone would always be like, oh, this is John Gruden's year. Oh, John Gruden's fielding team offers, but he's not interested. He likes the Monday night booth. Whoever gets John Gruden's going to be really good. And then John Gruden finally comes out of the broadcast booth. And the disaster, because it it took so much for the Raiders to get him out of the broadcast booth, because they also more or less gave him control over the roster. And they signed him for $10 million, uh, 10 years, with like, I don't even remember the number. It was, like, some obscene amount. Like, I think he like, the highest-paid coach in the NFL. Which is dumb. And looking at the numbers, nowhere near deserving of that much money.
0: He's not even the best coach in the AFC. And
1: he wasn't even that good when he was coaching.
0: Valid, yeah. I agree.
1: So, I mean... I think both of the Grudens are vastly overrated, quite honestly. I think Jay's been given a raw deal in Washington because they're a pretty inept organization that is also I mean true. granted whoever they're like like remember they had that one GM and he like resigned over something like it was a Vaguely. couple it was like a couple years ago they like promoted a GM from within and then he actually started drafting really good for the Redskins like they have all these players from Alabama and stuff and their defense is really good aside from that when Jay Gruden was first hired the Redskins really just sucked Like, they were bad on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And they never really had a quarterback until Kirk Cousins, who isn't that good of a quarterback. And now they still don't have a quarterback. (laughs) It's like, it it was kind of like Bill O'Brien when he first got to the Texans, and he had, like, this revolving carousel of quarterbacks year in and year out. Which the Texans suck again, by the way. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. But I think Dwayne Haskins could be good. But... The offense is trash. The defense is trash. Uh, No, no, the defense isn't trash. I think the defense has a lot of potential. Vastly overrated. I would say vastly underrated. Mm. I mean, you don't really talk about the Redskins defense, but the Redskins defense has a lot of good pieces on it. They just need a good coordinator to put it all together. Regardless of what the defense does, it's not going to matter because
0: that team thrives through the offense. And if Darius Geis and Dwayne Haskins can't get it done, it's not going to matter.
1: Well, well, Dwayne Haskins needs to get out on the field first. I know. I'm saying. I'm sick of term. seeing Case Keenum just yeah. holding back these young quarterbacks. It's like his job.
0: Uh, I think when you are a team with a prospect quarterback, you've got to get Case Keenum. He's got a job forever. He's like the Brandon Whedon now. He, he has one good year. Not even good. He was mediocre. He just had a, a good team around him. The Vikings were really good that year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's whatever the Redskins, more to the point, you're right, though. They are
1: they're they <laughs> just, they've just been one of those teams that's been perpetually mediocre. And even when they would get something really good to fall into their hands, RG3. <laughs> uh, Mismanagement. Their coach yeah. would screw it up. Yep, mismanaged. Like, Mike Shanahan, like, like right after RG3 tore his ACL or whatever. No, I don't think he tore it yet. I think it was just like a sprain or something. He rushed him back in for the playoffs, and then he just completely tore his entire knee. Yep. It's like, okay, that wouldn't have happened if you didn't rush him back, you idiot. The, uh, the Maybe
0: the last team we talk about is your team, the uh, Dolphins. Ah, there's a report last night from, I think it was Florio or somebody said, that there several players that requested a trade out. Do you see that?
1: Okay, go ahead, leave. We don't have any good players on the team.
0: It was actually a, a buddy of mine who last night said to me, Listen, if you're on the, tank, on the team that's tanking, maybe you're not the solution for another team that's not. So, I mean, there is some truth to that. I mean, if you're on the Dolphins, you're obviously not good enough to be on most other teams, right?
1: There's maybe two or three players on the Dolphins that could be on any other team. Like Kenyon Drake. That's Kenyon Drake, Xavier Howard, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe, who's that
0: receiver you guys got from the Jaguars? Alan Hearns? Yeah, I'd say if in the right system he could work too. But I I anyways, back to your point. Yes, I agree.
1: Okay. Four players on a 52-man. <laughs> no, 53 man roster. Are you kidding me?
0: I think Are your you downfall started when Adam Gates left. Huh? I think the downfall started when Adam the Gaze left. The downfall went.
1: started when Dan Marino retired. But <laughs> the Dolphins have been in a constant state of mediocrity. Since
0: 1999. No, it's not fair. Jake tw- Color is it's elite.
1: Been tw- literally <laughs> 20 years of 8 and 8s, 6 and 10s, 10s and 6s, 7 and 9s, 9 and 7s. And I understand where the team was going, where it's like, okay, we're going to tank. We're going to lose a lot in two years, but get really good quarterbacks and a really good team. But where the Dolphins screwed up is they literally got rid of... All their talent. And not just all their talent, but a lot of their young talent, too. Like, there's no reason to be cutting 25 26-year-old players who are just starting to get into the primes of their careers. Like, the Dolphins cut Vincent Taylor. He he was like a six-round pick out of Oklahoma or something. But he was a very good run stopper. <laughs> and this guy was like 24. And then they cut him.
0: But they kept a guy like Ryan Tannehill around
1: forever, you know? Yeah. Tana Thrill. Tana Puke. But yeah, it's like they would get rid of players like that. They signed a bunch of like, cast-off first-round picks, and then they ended up releasing all of them, even the ones that were playing good during the preseason, like Nate Orchard. He was playing really good. He was probably our best pass rusher, which is kind of pathetic. <laughs> and then they got rid of him. We'll and even- then you look during the Ravens game, and you have Sam Uguavinen who's a coverage linebacker. And then you have Jerome Baker, who's a pass-rushing linebacker. And they had Jerome Baker in coverage and Uguanavan pass-rushing. What are you doing? What are you doing? You have them in the exact opposite locations where they're supposed to be. That's the Dolphins' way. So, I mean, I can see why they want to leave. But first off, I don't even know who's trying to leave because it's confirmed that Howard wants to stay. So that's our best player. So that's okay. But (sighs) I hope it's like all the really bad guys. I hope it's like that'd be hilarious.
0: uh, It it really would be.
1: But it's like I knew this. I knew the season was going to be bad. I knew this team was going to be bad. I didn't know we were going to be this bad. Like this is literally the worst team I've seen in my entire life. I'm not even exaggerating. It's literally worse than like. The Kansas Jayhawks football team. Like, the first play, the first play of this game, and keep in mind that every team knows how the Ravens play. Bruising running football. The very first play of the game was a (laughs) 50-yard rush by Mark Ingram, and no one touched him until, I think it was Fitzpatrick, who, like, sprinted to try to get him. That's the safety. You guys are great. The entire defense... Sold out against a run, and he barreled through them.
0: You guys are the are you best kidding in the me? NFL. I don't know what you you're came, about. That was
1: the first play of the game.
0: Well, if it'll make you feel better. There may be um, some lead at the end of the tunnel in the form of baseball this week. Did you see the Red Sox fire Dave Dombrowski?
1: Is that the general manager? The general manager. Oof. After One year after series, winning World not series, World not even series, a World Series? That's not a good look. Not even a full that's season. That's a big range. oof. But... That's an overreaction.
0: Is it? Because I saw something from, actually, I saw this several times, which is Dave Dombrowski is the type of guy you bring into your organization when you're a few pieces away. He trades off the pieces from the farm, gets you a couple good guys, and then you win. And then he's done. He's not a long-term, long-vision guy. The Red Sox need that now. Mookie Betts, last night, did not sound like a guy who's going to resign. It doesn't sound like he's going to resign the whole time. They're probably going to lose him. Chris Sale's is at the back half of his career, nursing injuries. They need to start looking forward to the future, not just the now. So I can 100% see why firing him now makes sense.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that about him. But the one thing that drives me nuts about the Red Sox, and granted, I'm okay with this because I hate the Red Sox, but the whole year they've been looking for a closer. And all I keep thinking in the back of my head is, hmm, they had an all-star closer last year. Who remained unsigned like more than a third into the MLB season? Why didn't they keep him? Not only that, they didn't make a play
0: for anybody. Their big acquisition at the deadline was Andrew Kashner. You're the Red Sox. You're telling me you can't find anybody other than Andrew Kashner to go and splash
1: money on? Come on. And even then, Andrew Kashner has even been playing. He's been awful. It's like he wasn't even that good in Baltimore. It was just he was the best of the garbage pile. He wasn't even that's still garbage. He wasn't even good in the Padres when he was there, which is saying something. So everyone's saying how good this guy was when he had like a four, when he had like a four eighty nine plus ERA and seven wins. Wow, seven wins on on the Orioles. Wow, you must be an elite pitcher. I mean, at least if you're gonna splash money on somebody who's
0: an older guy, question mark? Maybe Mike Fires. Was available. Could have gotten him. You could have gotten Charlie Morton for agency last year. Their need is not starting pitching, their need is closers. That, there is a joke going around that uh, they should change the name of the bullpen uh, from relievers to something else because nothing about that bullpen gives anybody relief.
1: Wait, here's the thing about that uh, bullpen what about uh, that workman guy?
0: Brandon Workman is not good. He's a middle relief guy, he's not even a closer. He is a setup man.
1: Because I, I was looking at his stats the other day, and he ha- he passes the eye test by just looking at the stats, but I don't see why they don't try him at closer. Or have because they, they tried him at
0: closer, and in and, and high-leverage situations, he can't do it. Oh. He's, go- like, he's played the majority of the season off the closer role, which is good for him. But think about a guy like, if you're the Yankees, for example, would you want Chad Green to be your closer? Probably not, because he's a middle relief guy. I'd want Zach Britton as my closer. Yeah, I'm... Sorry for you because that's not—he's Zach Britton's not a good closer anymore either. Anymore? No, he's awful. Like he, there's a reason he's not closing. That's not just because he's blocked by Chapman. For all intents and purposes, if we really wanted to, we can give Britton the closing rule, because Chapman's probably going to opt out this year. But that aside, going back to the Red Sox, this is just another debacle. Like I, I don't understand how a team that's this successful is having this problem.
1: If I was the GM, I would be like. Attempting so many different things to try to solve this issue from anywhere. Like, why not try Kashner as the closer? They tried Divaldi. That
0: didn't work out horribly. But again, if you would have just signed Craig Kimbrell, you wouldn't need to try Nathan Divaldi, Andrew Kashner, Brandon Workman at closer.
1: And why didn't they re-sign him in the first place? Money
0: which, if you're the Red Sox, you're what, one of the five highest-grossing teams in the MLB off the top of my head. You can probably afford him without even batting an eye, but they didn't.
1: And they're paying for it. Good for them. This is what happens when you decide to be cheap. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it works out if you have like a really young player in the system, but it doesn't sound like they do. They have one guy, one pitching
0: prospect that I can think of, and that's Trevor Hook. And he is not a reliever. He's a starter. They traded away guys like Michael Kopak. They, tr- I mean, when Dombrowski came in, his first thing to do was trade away Johan Moncada and Michael Kopak, among others, to the White Sox for Chris Sale, which, looking back, was a good idea. But that, every trade he's done since then has hurt the farm system, and now they have nothing. And they still don't have a catcher. Like, I look at, like, their catcher actually. If you're going just based off like MLB stats alone, is actually serviceable. But they don't have a guy who can hit the ball very well. They, like, he's, he's okay defensively. He doesn't run. like He's average. If you're the Red Sox, why have you not gone out and got an above-average catcher?
1: I think part of it could be because they've already traded so much of their farm that they don't want to trade any more of it, and they don't want to give up anything anymore. But then that's kind of their own fault for getting rid of so much of it in the first place.
0: Well yeah, I mean like if you're the again, if you're the Red Sox, how are you not preventing this? Like how are you struggling to maintain your team?
1: Or well, it's like why not just do a sign in trade? Like why couldn't they just take Kashner and then trade him for something to a team that needed starting pitchers? I think I'm it, not saying that will have worked, but I mean something.
0: Even back when the Mets were at the time which I that's a different story. But the Mets, when they were still not competing, trade for Edwin Diaz. Take a flyer. Sure, he's been awful this year, but it's the Mets. Like, are you telling me the Red Sox at Fenway Park couldn't, like, fix Edwin Diaz to be the elite closer he was last year? I feel like if
1: he was on any other team, he would still be Yeah, I mean, City elite. Park's not easy. And I, the I Mets think it's just, I think it's just the Mets. I think the yeah. Mets just, like, you know, have really bad luck with this kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll call it that. Like, I'm not gonna ship call it a curse, but it's just I mean, I mean, Edwin Diaz, Cespedes, uh, come on.
0: I yeah. The there's not much going on in the baseball world right now. The Dave Dombrowski thing was the first big news in a while. Obviously, every team is gearing up for the World Series. Um, At this
1: current time, who's your favorite? I would have to say the Astros. Yeah, I I mean it's just. Their pitching is just so dominating, and they have a pretty decent offense to boot, too, because their pitching is just so good. Like, their offense could have, like, one or two runs, and they could still win. Like, I mean, it's so hard to beat that. The only other team that I could think of would be, like, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are good. and, And even then, it's just, like, I don't know if they can win a World Series, even though their roster is that good. I just like they physically can't. (laughs) Like they just, they just can't. Yeah, like Like I think they're, I think they're like the Buffalo Bills from the nineties. Yeah, good enough to make it, but can't win it. There, there are some teams like that. I think the Dodgers too is really
0: interesting because they are already good. They just called up Gavin Lux, their their first round pick from a few years ago, and he hit homer in his first at bat, and that speaks to how the Dodgers are. But I don't think it's gonna matter. Personally, it's going to be a homer pick for me. I think the Yankees are going to win. Looking at right now, they look strong, and this is when you want to get strong. But
1: yeah, the Yankees have a bunch of batters that scare the hell out of me, but that pitching scares the hell out of me too. I agree. And not in a good way. Well, the <laughs> they're, one... they're like the inverse of the Astros. The one nice thing about the Yankees right
0: now is that they're doing all this. They're going to probably walk away with the AL. Without two of their best players, John Carlos Stan is still injured, coming back soon. Luis Severino is pitching in Double A this week. If they can get even half of what those guys are, they'll be fine. I like, like I said, it's a homer pick, but nevertheless, it's not that it's not that crazy of a pick,
1: you know. Other teams I would keep an eye on are the Indians and the Athletics. Ever since Sean Mania got back, he's just been pitching a clinic.
0: I'm just not a big believer in the Athletics, quite honestly. Oh,
1: there's just something like they're they're a gritty team. It's like I don't really expect them to be that good, but they're they're feisty. They don't go away easily. So moving off of baseball, uh, the last thing
0: today is hockey. What's going on in the NHL? And uh, actually, today we're joined uh, via phone by friend of the show and current host, uh, Adam, so why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. So uh, a couple things happened in the NHL this week. First and foremost, Zach Wierenski. Did you guys see he signed five five mil a year for three years? I like it. Not a bad deal, right?
1: I feel like it's a little bit cheap, but I also feel like it's a little bit pricey, too, a little bit (laughs) in the same way, because, I mean, I feel like Wierenski is going to develop into a number one defenseman, but it's like, I don't think, I don't know if he's there yet. We'll see. What's your thoughts on it, Adam? I
2: think that it could be a potentially steal if he develops into that like top defenseman, like he could potentially become. But right now, it does look a little steep, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll, guess we'll find out. Time will tell. The uh, training camps are underway. There are still so many RFAs unsigned. Of course, Mitch Marner at this point. Um, Brandon Point, not signed. Uh, not close, right, Parker?
1: Yeah, I was reading a report earlier today that apparently the negotiations between JBB and Brain Point aren't close.
0: We'll see. Uh, I think he'll be signed before camp. Quite honestly.
1: Yeah, I feel like if Marner doesn't set the market, Point definitely will because I don't see Point really having a of, like as much of a personality as Marner does, and especially see, considering I- like a lot of the other Lightning superstar players like Steven Samkos and Kucherov and Hedman re-signing for really way below market deals, I don't see Point breaking the precedent when he isn't really better than any of them.
2: See, I think that if anyone's going to set the mar- market, if it's not Mitch Marner, it's going to be Miko Rantanen. Yeah, that's going to be my number two. To, to everything that I have seen so far, Miko Rantanen has agreed to a dollar amount in terms of AAV. But not necessarily to a term length yet. Well, inter- that's what's holding them up.
0: It's interesting you say that there was like, um, I won't say a report, but there was some chatter between the insiders this morning about how the progress on the CBA for this time around is actually so positive that they're. The players are basically convinced it's going to get done. So they're trying not to bog down long-term contracts because of how much financial revenue the league's going to bring in, that cap's going to go up. Cap goes up, you make more. And that's why guys like Rantanen, Marner, Point, etc. are not signing right now because they, they think they can get more long-term. They're not trying to get hit with an eight-year deal. I mean, you think about, like, Austin Matthews. I think he signed the best contract in the NHL right now. He's getting, what, like $10 million for five years. He'll be an RFA one year removed when he can enter for it and say it's a great deal for him, you know? The, uh, maybe yeah, that- the worst deal um, is probably Nathan McKinnon, though. What do, you, what do you think about that?
1: I don't know what the Nathan McKinnon deal is off the top of my head. Um, do you know? If
2: the top of my head is correct, um, McKinnon's AAV is, I believe, a hair over $6 million if it isn't $6 million on the dot. Yeah, it's really that's low. That's extended for a few more years because I know that he signed <laughs> that directly out of his entry-level contract he'll
0: be 28 almost 29 when he's off that deal so he'll be uh, they got prime rfa years off of him and ufa years as well
1: holy wow and then meanwhile you see a contract like jamie ben that's like 12 13 a year (laughs) it's like i mean jamie ben's a great player but he's not on the same level as mckinnon
0: oh for sure i mean mckinnon's probably top three in the league right he'd say maybe even top two
2: Well, McKinnon's definitely, at least from what I've read in a lot of reports, he's considered more of a a definitely a top-five center in the NHL right now, and when his contract is eventually up, he's going to be getting big money
0: for sure. Yeah, probably. I'd I'd hope so, for his own sake.
2: Well, if he keeps up the 95-plus point seasons, he's definitely going to be getting well up. In my opinion, if the market keeps climbing up the way it is when his contract's up, he's going to probably get somewhere around 12-plus, 13-plus a year.
0: The um, Like I said, the training camp started around the corner, and a lot of these guys are not signed. It's a really wait-and-see approach. I mean, I know there's a couple of guys playing overseas right now. Uh, Ryan Dundon for one, is playing in Switzerland until he's done with his contract. He's just training. Marner said he might sign with the Lions. Um, I'm sure Line A is. And then, of course, a guy like Poolyarby is right now as well. So
1: yeah, we'll I, see. I think the one positive about this is that we're going to see a lot more Younger developmental players up in these training camps. So more players to keep an eye out on.
0: Well, we we talked about this a little bit last episode, but um, now that we have Adam here as well, uh, we'll do our way too early predictions again, sort of a training camp edition. Um, So Adam, I wanted to kick it off. Who do you think is going to win it all this year?
2: Uh, Way too early Stanley Cup prediction. Ah, man. I think if it doesn't happen this year, it's never going to happen. So I think I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup this year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would have to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. If they win it this year, then that's officially when the dynasty starts. If they don't, then hot take: John Cooper's again fired.
0: Uh, you know, I think it'd be borderline crazy, maybe even just dumb to not pick the Lightning. So obviously, I'm not gonna pick the Lightning, and I'm gonna
1: go with the Oilers. Are you ki- are, are, are 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 you are you kidding me? Like you you can't even like pick like. The the Panthers (laughs) or something, like last time? I mean, at least with the Panthers, you have, like, an argument. You know what?
0: Um, It's way too early. You know, the Oilers, hey, the Oilers right now have the best winning percentage in the NHL, just like every other team. Right now, as it stands, they're in first place by default. So...
1: Yeah, but so are the Iowa Sanders with that logic.
0: Hey, they could be there, too. Who knows? Listen, the NHL is as parody as ever. So, in all seriousness, I really do think that the... I'm honestly a big Rangers fan this year. I think the Rangers might win it just with that new team, get a family.
2: Ooh, that's a tough sell. Rangers, playoff contenders, absolutely. Stanley Cup, not yet. Give them another year or two.
1: Yeah, I think it would. it's too early for the Rangers. I would rather give that argument to the Devils.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
2: Even the Devils, their their goaltending is, I think, <laughs> still a question mark with Corey Schneider. But I, I would see more of an argument for the Devils than the Rangers at this point.
0: We'll find out, I guess. There's not much more hockey-wise to talk about. Um, really, the only thing going on in the world of sports right now is the World Cup, which we're not really going to get into because it's super early. But
1: Croatia's been winning a bit. Have they? I haven't been paying attention to that. Yeah, they beat, like, Azerbaijan stuff. In, oh, that like, must have been such a hard in, game. Like, Serbia. So, I mean, hey, they're rolling. I'll take it. The USA lost to Mexico. That doesn't surprise me. Of course they did.
0: We're just not... A very good national team. I- I'm waiting to hear
1: when the United States loses to like. We lost to Trinidad and Tobago I- two years ago. Like, like lose like Madagascar or something.
0: I'm sorry, did you not hear Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm sure we US lost to Jamaica team too. Is
1: so bad. You would probably lose to Antarctica.
0: <laughs> Whenever we get the space force, we're gonna lose the team Venus.
1: I know, man. Mars looks pretty good.
0: (laughs) But uh, I guess, really, that's the show for today. There's not much else to talk about. So, Adam, thank you for joining us for the couple minutes you were on. I know it wasn't really that long, but um, we'll be back here next week, maybe have a new host on. As we get closer to the hockey season, we hope to have a couple longer episodes. So, for right now, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, to steal Parker's line, keep it locked.